Well, praise the Lord. I, I really am excited about this year. I believe that it's going to be a great year. And I want to encourage you today that God wants you to have a great year. You need to believe God for a great year. In fact, I think you just ought to believe this way, that this is going to be my best year. Now, if, if you're 12, that might not be too big of a reach in your faith. But for some of us, we've had some good years and maybe, maybe, you know, as we get a little older, life is uh, not as easy as it once was. But let me just tell you, you can still have your best year, but you need to believe God for that. David declares in Psalm 65, 11, you crown the year with your goodness. What a wonderful declaration. Lord, you crown the year with your goodness. I will tell you, if you experience the goodness of God this year, you're going to have a great year. And you need to realize that no matter what has happened in the past, I mean, maybe 2022 wasn't too good for you, 2021 and 2020, that wasn't too good for a lot of people. But let me just say, you need to still believe God that this year you're going to have a great year. You can't just go by what's happened in the past. That's not faith. No, we need to believe and expect to have a great year. Jeremiah 29, 11, in the NIV, it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. A hope and a future. That sounds like a great year. That's God's plan. I really believe that. I don't believe that God has planned for you to have a bad year. You know, some people just think, woe is me. Everybody else but not me. Yeah, you too. God's plan is for you to have a good year. I want to say his plans are not automatic, as some religious people want to contend or pretend. They're not automatic. No, it's up to us to pray and believe for the will of God and to do the will of God in our life, to see his plans fulfilled in our life. But he is a good God, and he wants to do you good this year. Psalm 34 and 8 says, Oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. Taste and see. That means you got to experience it for yourself. There's some things that's just hard to put into words, but that's how good our God is. you got to experience him for yourself. I wish everybody knew how good the Lord is, but they don't. We need to always remember the Lord has good planned for us. And certainly we all go through things that are not good. But everything that happens in our life is not God. No, we live in a fallen world and people make mistakes. We make mistakes. But I know this, that God has good things in store for us. And when something bad happens in your life, well, blame the devil. He's your adversary. That's what the Bible says, our adversary, the devil. You might even say, well, it's, you know, fallen man. It's the sins of other people. You might even say, well, it's my own mistakes that brought this on me. But whatever you do, don't blame God. Listen, he's not the one that brings trouble and heartache into your life. No, God is for you. In fact, Romans 8 tells us, if God is for you, who can be against you? So we look forward this year, and we got to remember that our God is bigger than all the powers of hell. Our God is bigger than whatever adversity and trouble we face in this life. Our God is bigger even than our own mistakes. He's bigger than that. So we ought to expect to have a great year just because God is so good. 
I know some of you have been through a lot. Believe anyway. There's going to be battles and struggles this year. Believe anyway. Believe that you can still have a great year. Even in the midst of the troubles and the problems, the things that go on in this world, you got to believe anyway. Expect to have a great year. Psalm 27 and 13 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, we need to get our faith up. See, if you don't, well, you lose heart. You'll get discouraged. There's going to be discouraging things that happen. Discouraging things that have already happened. But I believe I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm believing for a great year. Ask the Lord for a great year. Pray and ask the Lord for a great year. Oh, maybe, maybe that's just too big. Wait a minute. We're talking about the mighty one, right? We're talking about almighty God. Why should we limit our prayers and say, well, Lord, maybe you could just give me a good week. Or, Lord, maybe we could just, you know, be an okay. No, let's ask the Lord for a great year. I really believe he expects us to pray things like that and ask him for big things. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now, listen, I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Jesus said it. Amen. Everyone that asks is going to receive. I know sometimes we prayed some prayers and it didn't go the way we wanted it to. But I know this, that our Heavenly Father is good and He wants to bless us. He wants us to have a great year. He goes on, He says, What man of you is there uh, who, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? I'm asking you for a great year, Lord. And listen, all of us who have children, we want things to go well for our children. We want their life to be good. We want good things to happen for them. How could we think that our Heavenly Father wants anything less for us? Jesus makes it clear that our Father wants to do good to us. Jesus said it. You know what that means? Never doubt it. How much more will your heavenly Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? So ask God for a great year. You know, when he says good things, not everything is good. And every parent knows you don't give your kids everything they ask for, right? right. You better not. I hope you don't. And sometimes we don't understand why God doesn't just give us our every whim and desire. He knows what's good for us. But you can be assured of this, that he has good in store for you. And I really believe that he wants you to have a great year. Some of you, well, you just need to change your attitude this morning about this new year. 
Because I'm telling you, some of y'all are too quiet. I hear a few of you. But we ought to be excited about a new year that God wants us to have a great year. Listen, change your attitude. You're kind of like me sometimes, you know. I wake up in the morning, and I'm not really a morning person, at least not until I've had a quart of coffee or so. Sort of true. But, you know, one day I'm heading out the door, and some of you might know this story, but, you know, I'm a true story, heading out the door, kind of grumpy, my smiling wife, you know, she's all happy and bubbly and kind of annoying early in the morning, you know what I mean? <laughs> and she follows me to the door to say bye, and she says, have a good day. I said, I've already made other plans. <laughs> and some of you already made other plans. You know, it's like this year is just going to be, nah, who knows? We'll see. No, make some, make some plans Amen. that you're going to have a great year. Ask God. Believe God. Don't just oh, take it as it comes. No, believe God for a great year this year. This can't be that good. Oh, yes, it can. You need to believe him for a great year. So today we're beginning a new series called The Key to a Happy Life. And I really believe that the message today is going to help you to have a great year. You know what? Everybody wants to be happy. It's, well, it's in our Constitution. We have the right to the pursuit of happiness. That's not in the Bible, by the way. In fact, the pursuit of happiness is part of the problem for a lot of people. They're pursuing the wrong thing. And we need to be pursuing the Lord first and foremost. In fact, happiness, well, you just don't ever catch it by pursuing it. It's like chasing after the wind. But the Bible does tell us how we can be happy. We're going to get to that in just a minute, but I want to say this very plainly. Happiness is mostly based on circumstance. And so a lot of us believers, you know, we're spiritual, and so we don't talk about happiness much. We talk about joy because we're supposed to have the joy of the Lord. Joy is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. And that joy is a inner thing. It comes from the inside. It comes from a relationship, not a situation or circumstance. And so every believer should always have the joy of the Lord. But that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing to be happy. Amen. No, it's nice to be happy. That's a good thing. I don't think the Lord is against you being happy. I think he's pro-happy. But I hesitate to say that because I've actually heard people say, well, God wants me to be happy. And they use that as an excuse or reason to disobey the word of God and the scripture in other areas of their life, different areas of their life, and just say, well, God wants me to be happy. God wants me to be happy is not in the Bible. And it should never be used as an excuse for disobeying God. But when we truly make Him the Lord of our lives, uh, we've put ourselves in a place, in a situation where we can be happy. Psalm 144 and 
15 says, Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And when he says, Happy are the people who are in such a state, I know a lot of people are assuming he's talking about Texas, but he's talking about those whose circumstances this, that God is my Lord. Now, you know, some people think, you know, they get into this mindset where Lord is just the same thing as saying God. Well, they ought to be the same person, but understand this. Lord means your master, the one who rules. And when God is your Lord, he is the one who rules in your life. You have put yourself in a place where you can find real happiness. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. You see... Church, we can be happy, but we need to realize that that kind of happiness, it doesn't just come from, well, you know, I got a big paycheck or this girl liked me or things turned out for me. No, it comes from knowing that he really is God in your life. Proverbs 16 and 20 says, whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Wow, just getting to the place where you don't have to worry and fear and stress, but instead you trust God all the time. Happy is he. Know this, that he's not against you. He's for you. In this world, we're always going to have trouble. We live in a fallen world. But a lot of the time, I think people end up having way more trouble than they had to just because they're missing something from the Scripture. There is a key that helps us unlock the door to a happy life. We're going to talk about that key this morning. Proverbs 3 13 through 18. Proverbs 3, 13 through 18. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Wisdom is that key. Now before we go any further in Proverbs chapter 3, I got to drop this in here. Psalm 110 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom a good understanding have all those who do his commands. See, I don't want anybody to think this is about being smart. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Doesn't matter how smart somebody is, how educated, how high their IQ, how much you know they, they know about life or they know about a certain subject. Listen to me. All of that is worthless if you don't have the fear of the Lord. This is the beginning of wisdom. This is just the beginning place because if you don't put God first in your life, this is a good way to do it. Come to church on the first. Amen. I'm wondering how many people had to show up at church with a hangover. Well, anyway. But when God is truly first in your life and you live your life to please the Lord, you notice there that he says, a good understanding have all those who do his commandments. You see, when we're living in obedience to God because we truly fear the Lord and he really is our Lord, oh, we have put ourselves in a place where we can find happiness. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Verse 14 of Proverbs 3, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies and all the things that you may desire cannot compare with her. It's better than money. 
All the things that you desire cannot compare with having the wisdom of God. Not the world's wisdom, the wisdom of God. Better than money. See, most people, if you said, if you said, look here, you can have this lottery ticket, it's the winning ticket. Or you can have wisdom from God. Most people say, well, I'll take that lottery ticket. We'll worry about that other later. I want to tell you, choose the wisdom of God. It is more valuable than everything else that you might desire. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Wow. Pleasantness. Oh, when the goodness of God is on you. Pleasantness. You know, when you're just enjoying life with your family and friends and your loved ones and your needs are met. and Pleasantness. I take pleasantness over a billion dollars. I see all these miserable people that by the standards of the world, have it all. I'll take pleasantness just to have the wisdom of God. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. All her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. Want to be happy? It takes the wisdom of God. See, happiness, the way the world does it, is so fleeting and so temporary. But when we do it God's way, happy are those who retain her wisdom. It is the key to a happy life. When we walk in wisdom, we just find ourselves walking in better circumstances. When we do foolish things, we put ourselves in a bad situation where we find trouble and problems and even disaster. Now, I want to tell you, being wise and Walking in wisdom is not going to get rid of all your troubles or your battles, but wouldn't it be nice if you could just have fewer troubles and battles and struggles? And I'll tell you, when we are wise, at least we get rid of the part where we made the wrong choice. We did the wrong thing. We were hanging out with the wrong people. We were in the wrong place. We did something foolish and brought trouble on ourselves. You know, in this passage, he tells us, that wisdom will bring you wealth, it'll bring you wisdom, it'll bring you pleasantness, that's good times. It'll bring you peace, not conflict, so much conflict in this world, but you know what? Wisdom can help you learn to have peace. And it brings life and happiness. I'm not talking about IQ, I'm not talking about education, I'm not talking about street smarts. See, a lot of people brag about their street smarts. I'm not talking about any of that. All of that will fail you. But here's the wisdom that will never fail you. It is the wisdom from God. And this wisdom, here's the best part. It's available to everybody. It's available to children. It's available to those who maybe aren't the brightest bulb, right? But it's available. See, you can have tons of degrees and be foolish. And you can be old as me and still be foolish because sometimes children and young people can make wise choices 
And even elderly people, we're supposed to gain wisdom with age, but sometimes we don't. I was talking to a man one day, an older man, and he started bragging to me about how he was talking with a police officer about some things he was upset about, and he said, and I told him if he'd step outside, I'd teach him something. Now, I don't know if if he was a fool for actually doing that or if he was a fool for making up such a story, but I was like, man... This guy has, it doesn't matter how old he is, he has no wisdom whatsoever. A lot of people have a lifetime of experience and no wisdom to go with it. But here's the thing. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given him. And you see, we want to have a great year. We need to ask God for wisdom for this year. We need to ask God for wisdom, how to handle our finances, how to do marriage, how to take care of our kids. We need to ask God for wisdom, how to handle all the crazy stuff going on in this world. But God's wisdom is available to us. Anybody lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Wisdom, it shows us how to do things His way. When we get wisdom, it gives us the ability to make the right decisions to do life well. Wisdom makes such a difference. So often, it is the difference between a blessed life and a hard life. It can be the difference between poverty and prosperity. It can be the difference between danger and safety. The difference between a good marriage and a bad marriage, I'm telling you, the wisdom of God can make the difference. A happy life and a miserable life, the wisdom of God can make the difference. Want to have a great year? I want to tell you wisdom will make the difference. It can make the difference in your marriage. It can make the difference in you being promoted. It can make the difference in you being successful. It can make the difference in, well, you being the boss. It can make the difference in you living a long, healthy life. So often, when someone is wise, things just seem to go right for them. Onlookers may say, wow, they're just lucky. But a lot of the time, it is because they've made wise choices. They put themselves in a good situation because they chose right. Now, I want to tell you something. In the time, the generation we live in, This is the straight-up truth. Wisdom is not cool. Nobody's all excited about pastors preaching about wisdom today. Woo! It's not cool. That is the culture we live in. In fact, cool is to throw caution to the wind and act like you just don't care and do crazy. I mean, listen, people do insane things just to get to be on TV or so they can post it on YouTube. Hey, y'all, watch this. Wow, that's cool. You see, let me tell you what is really cool. When your life is blessed and things turn out right, that's cool. And let me tell you what's not cool, a messed up life. That's just not cool. And so this, this attitude, this idea that we should just, you know, throw caution to the wind and just be crazy and just go, do what it... No, that's not what the Word of God teaches. We need to have the wisdom of God every day in our life. 
to navigate through this world safely. They glorify foolishness. They think wisdom is for old people and losers. It's funny how, especially when you're young, there seems to be this disdain for wisdom. You know, the tough kid thinks he's tough anyway. He picks on the, the good kid, calls him a goody-goody, a nerd or worse. One day, he'll learn to call him boss. It's in the Bible. Proverbs eleven twenty nine: who troubles his own house will inherit the wind, and the fool will be the servant of the wise in heart. Okay. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us much about Jesus' childhood or his teen years, but it does tell us one thing in Luke 2.52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And what I think we ought to all be increasing in wisdom. Whatever age we're at, we ought to still be learning in the wisdom of God. But especially to the young people, I just want to say, don't get caught up and this attitude where you just throw caution to the wind and, you know, make foolish choices because sometimes the choices that you make in your youth, and this may not seem fair, but this is real life, sometimes the choices you make in your youth are going to affect the rest of your life. That's why you need wisdom to choose right. Wisdom is based on spiritual laws, just like there are natural laws. If you ignore spiritual laws, it will bring harm to you. I actually knew someone years ago, precious person, that told me that when they were very young, like eight years old, they got up in the barn loft, in the hayloft, and decided that they could fly, and they jumped out and broke their arm. And you see, the laws of nature apply to you whether you know it or not. I mean, most of us have enough wisdom of the laws of nature that we realize if you walk out in front of a speeding truck, um, you're in a bad place, right? Right? But here's the crazy thing. When it comes to spiritual laws, people don't understand they are even more real. And there are consequences when we ignore those spiritual laws. The Bible says, as a man sows, so shall he also reap. If you sow sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. And then they turn around and they gossip about people and criticize people or they're mean to people. And they think they got away with it because they're something. Let me tell you something. You will reap what you sow. It is a spiritual law. This book is full of spiritual laws. And when we ignore them, we set ourselves up for trouble. No, we need the wisdom of God so that we can live by the truth of God's Word every day. One of the most frustrating things for a pastor is when you try to give... Uh, wisdom in teaching and in counsel to people and somehow they think it doesn't apply to them and you just have to pray for them because you know that there's coming a time 
when they're going to realize that it does matter. You know, we've all seen people do foolish things, and I, uh, you know, well, this, this story makes me feel better, and so I, it might make some of you feel better also. Story about a police officer. He walks into a convenience store, and he sees a man standing there holding his ball cap like this. He's looking inside his ball cap. And then he looks up at the police officer, and there's a baggie, a little small baggie stuck to his forehead. The police officer walks up, pulls the baggie off his forehead. He says, is this what you're looking for? It had some marijuana in it. The man was arrested for possession of marijuana and drug paraphernalia. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never been that dumb. <laughs> right? And yet... The truth is, is that all of us have done some foolish things. All of us have made mistakes. And might some, maybe we struggle in one area or another. We've done some dumb things in this area or that. But all of us have messed up. And I'm so thankful for the grace of God, for the mercy of God. And I want to tell you, He's shown me so much mercy. He's so good to me, so much better to me than I could ever deserve. But I also know that a lot of the time when we make foolish decisions, there are consequences that come with that. And if you want to have a great year, oh, you need to choose wisely. You you need the wisdom of God each and every day to make the right choices. God's plan for us is good. Why is it that too often we miss that? And we end up with something less than good. Again, sometimes it is just foolish choices. In John 10 and 10, Jesus says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. There's a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You have an adversary. And there are going to be times when you have to stand in faith and you have to pray and you have to believe God because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I want you to understand that sometimes we open the door to the thief when we make foolish decisions. You see, part of that key of wisdom to a happy life, it also is how we close the door to the enemy. You don't have to open the door by by saying foolish things or doing foolish things. we got to learn to live wisely in this world. I know this is not a real popular message because it puts the onus back on us, right? That's where it needs to be. Our God is good. So we want to have a great year. We need to get this, that wisdom matters. Listen to this from Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 in the NIV. Be very careful then how you live. Could that be any plainer? Be very careful then how you live. That doesn't sound like the attitude of the world, does it? Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The days are evil. There's so much darkness, immorality, so much tragedy and heartache, destruction. The days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You see, it's the wisdom of God that shows us 
what God's will is and what we should do in every situation. How are you going to navigate through this dark world? It takes the wisdom of God. Be careful how you live. Don't be foolish, but be wise. Don't walk in fear, but be wise. In fact, when we really have the wisdom of God, we don't have to be afraid. You know, it's amazing how people so often will blame God when bad things happen, and people will say things like, why did God let this happen to me? Almost everybody at some point has had a job where you felt like you weren't treated right. Maybe you weren't compensated as much as you felt like you should have been. Maybe others were given special treatment. Maybe you were doing more work than your share. And so one guy, he's just had enough. He's tired of being mistreated. He's tired of being talked to ugly by his boss. No, I'm not talking about any of your staff. He goes in and he just spills the whole thing. He tells his boss all about it. He just lets him have it. He goes home fired that day. And then he's saying a couple of days later, I don't know why God let this happen to me. The wisdom of God tells us, listen, it doesn't tell us what the world says. Oh, stand up for yourself. You go in and... No! The wisdom of God is, is that when we're wronged, that we pray for them and we forgive. The wisdom of God is, is that we're supposed to be humble. The wisdom of God is, is that we trust God. Happy is the man who trusts the Lord. Listen, God is the one who promotes and brings down. And we trust God and we walk in the wisdom of God. Well, you may be the boss next year. See, we, we buy into these attitudes of the world and, and it's totally opposite from the wisdom of God. Right. Teenage girl says to me one day, years ago, I think I'm pregnant. Why did God let this happen to me? I don't know why God gave you a free will. No, I didn't say that. You know, I consoled her, I prayed with her. And by the grace of God, she ended up not being pregnant. But you see, so often when people make foolish, foolish choices, they're in the wrong place, the wrong time with the wrong people, bad things happen. God didn't do it. It was our own choices. And yet God gets the blame for it. We got to choose wisely. Oh, I'm so thankful. I'm going to say it again for the mercy and the grace of God. But so often people tempt the Lord when they just ignore the principles of Scripture, ignore God's commands, and just act like it doesn't matter. They're tempting the Lord. So I want you to understand. You see, we don't earn God's blessing because I did everything right. But when we walk in wisdom and we obey God, we are keeping ourselves from so much trouble and harm in our life. The book of Proverbs speak, speaks of wisdom 
as a woman calling out. And I want to share with you from Proverbs chapter 1. I'm not going to read it. It's a lengthy passage, but I just want to share a little bit of it with you this morning from Proverbs chapter 1, and I want this to be clear to you. This is not God speaking. This is wisdom itself calling out. It says, wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. And then she goes on talking about how that there are these simple ones, foolish people that ignore wisdom. And in verse 26, it says, in turn, I will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. I'm glad this isn't the Lord speaking, aren't you? When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, wisdom, because it was spurned, because it was, because it was rejected, because they didn't listen. Then in verse 32 it says, the complacency of fools will destroy them. And 33 it says, but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Wow, what a fantastic promise. Whoever listens to me, to wisdom, will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Now, all of us go through storms. All of us. And sometimes we basically go through much of the same storm. I mean, a lot of people going through the same storm together, if you know what I mean. But 2020 was definitely a storm for everybody. I mean, that pandemic of 2020, there, there was so many people that, well, schedules were wrecked, your plans were wrecked, and some had financial hardships. Some had to deal with illness. Well, most of us had to deal with illness sooner or later. And many even had to deal with the loss of a loved one. Storms. Storms come to all of us. But if we're wise, we'll be prepared for those storms. And when they come, we're going to be all right. Because we've, we have that wisdom from God. See, there's always going to be unexpected things that happen. But if we're wise and we prepare for life, I'm telling you, our outcome is better. Storms are going to come. Storms are going to come this year. Every day is not going to be sunshine. But you need to be prepared for it. You see, I talked about a man getting fired. Well, let me tell you, sometimes it's, it's not because you messed up, you did anything wrong. Sometimes it's just because the company's going under. And what about that person? Well, I want to tell you, if they've been just putting a little back and a little back and a little back each month, being wise about their, their income and not just spending everything they make, then when that day comes and they got laid off from work, I want to tell you they, they're better off. They're in a better place because they were prepared for that. Please don't take what I'm saying this morning as judgment on anybody or condemnation. I'm, this is for us moving forward to have a great year. Amen. You see, we need to be prepared for those things. 
Wisdom helps us to do that. Love this old story it's from years ago. There was a farmer that owned some land along the Atlantic Sea coast, and he was always trying to hire farmhands. It was difficult because farmhands didn't want to work there because the storms that came in from the Atlantic were so bad, it just made difficult made it difficult to farm there but he was interviewing applicants and one old guy came and literally old guy came little short older man came and applied for the job and the the farmer asked him he said so are you a pretty good farm hand the guy said I can sleep when the wind blows well the farmer didn't really know what that meant but he you know he was so desperate for help he went ahead and hired the guy and the man worked out great I mean he Worked from dawn to dusk, did everything he was supposed to do. He was a great farmhand, but one night the old farmer woke up and he heard the wind just howling. And he thought, oh no, a big storm is coming. So he ran next door to the farmhand's sleeping quarters and he said, you got to get up, you got to get up, there's a storm coming. The old farmhand didn't even get up, he just rolled over. He said, I told you, I can sleep when the wind blows. Made the farmer really mad but he didn't have time to deal with it then. He just ran out himself to go take care of everything. But when he got out there and started looking, he realized that all the haystacks were covered with tarps. The barn was all tightly shut up. The shutters were closed. The chickens were put away in the coops. Everything was tied down. Everything was ready. And then he realized what the old farmhand meant when he said, I can sleep when the wind blows. Can you sleep when the wind blows? I want to tell you, you will never... Be ready for every situation and possible circumstance. But when we walk in wisdom before God and we're obeying the Lord and trusting the Lord, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear harm. You can have a great year. You really can. Make up your mind you're going to make wise choices this year. From this day forward, from this moment forward, that you're going to be wise in your choices, that you're going to ask God for His help, ask Him for that wisdom. Wisdom not only helps us to be prepared for the storm, oh, when you are in the middle of a storm, it doesn't matter if your loved one is diagnosed with cancer, if some big financial crisis happens, Or you're a pastor during a pandemic. God has the wisdom that we need. That was my prayer every day during the pandemic. Lord, I need your wisdom. This one says this and those people say that. I just need your wisdom to navigate through. And you know what? That's what we all need when you're going through it. Whatever that storm, that battle is, and you're in the midst of it, you just need the wisdom of God to get through it. He can help you. Oh, wisdom makes such a difference in the kind of year, the outcome that you have. So many Christians try to live their life without really seeking God's wisdom. But how much heartache, anxiety, destruction could be avoided if we just chose wisely. I really believe the Lord wants you to have a great year. He wants to bless you. His plans are for good, not to harm you. Give you a hope and a future. There's a lot of futures that have been ruined by by foolishness. You got to choose wisely. 
In Matthew 7, 21 through 27, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You see, Jesus is saying it is not enough just to call him Lord. It is not enough just to say you're a Christian, say I love Jesus. It's that we have to truly make him Lord. Making Jesus the Lord of your life is the wisest decision that you will ever make. You are setting yourself up for blessings, for good, to have a great year. And whether you've prayed the prayer, no matter how long you've been a Christian, make Jesus the Lord of your life. Then Jesus says this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. You hear the words of Jesus and you do them. You're like a wise man who builds his house on the rock and the rain descended, the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You see, when we obey the word of the Lord, we let Jesus truly be Lord. We're like a wise man. We're going to stand through the storm. But when we disobey God, we disregard the truths of God's Word. There's going to come a time when it all comes down around us. And it's not because God did it. It's because we chose foolishness instead of being wise and choosing to let Jesus be the Lord of our life. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray. I'd like for our prayer partners to come.